0: Hey, you're listening to Podcast Rewind with Erica Jarvis and Amy Randolph. This is the podcast about all of the podcasts that we just can't stop listening to. Enjoy!
1: Welcome to episode 20 of Podcast Rewind. I'm one of your hosts, Erica Jarvis. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Erica Jarvis. And with me, drinking some beverages and talking
0: podcasts is my best friend. Talking podcasts with you is Amy Randolph, uh, co-host of Podcast Rewind, obviously. Uh, You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at handle I'm Amy Randolph, A-M-I-E. Also, this show can be found on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast RWD. Um, so, we start this off like we always do, and that's with a beverage, right? Yeah.
1: and I'm not sure I can stop drinking this. It's
0: so Hi delicious. Girl. Cheers, everybody. Happy we, Sunday. Happy Sunday. We can pause and I'll make you another before the show's over if you really need it, because we're drinking. Don't offer me a good time. Don't threaten me with a good time. Don't threaten me with a good, <laughs> good time. <laughs> um, we last week had Bloody Marys. Yeah. And they were Amy's special Bloody Marys, and look, I'm not putting myself down. I make a good fucking Bloody Mary. For sure. But the Zing Zing Mix. Ugh. Is something else. So we're just drinking straight up Zing Zing mixed with the vodka and a lemon accoutrement. Lemon accoutrement, in the uh, and it's delicious. Oh, obviously the celery salt rim too, of course.
1: You know what? You need those little things like when you're at home having a beverage to make it feel a little plussed up, if you will. Yeah. You know what I mean? I super love it. Um, yeah, it's such a great beverage. But I would love to talk to you about what I'm obsessed with this Tell week. Tell me. So a friend of mine who actually helped us with our podcast logo, and Craig Feldman. He started his own Instagram, like, parody account last week, and yeah. I've been having so much fun seeing what he's been coming up with. It's called Parody Bill, and his whole theory is, like, mashing up different Broadway shows or mm-hmm. Broadway and new, like, movies or something. He's done a whole thing this week with, like, Oscar meets Tonys, and it's, like, a bunch of different, you know, um, The Shape of Water, but kind of making it, like, very Beauty and the beast as Yeah, and- funny. Um, An American in Italy instead of like Call Me By Your Name or an American in Paris. But today he dropped one and it was like a surprise for everybody. And instead of I, Tanya, it was I, Regina. (laughs) It was just so good. It was super clever. And I just had so much fun seeing everything he's come up with. So if everybody
0: wants to go check it out, that's at Parodyville on Instagram. Fabulous. I feel like I'm obsessed with a lot this week. Yeah. It's been a good week. I'm obsessed that I saw our girl April yesterday, and my hair is back to being right. It looks so good. No more, like, accidental on breaks. I haven't had my roots (laughs) done in too long. My roots is did. My do is right. Um, I saw this tweet while I was sitting, like, setting under the dryer yesterday that made me laugh out loud, and people in the (laughs) salon turn around and look at me. It's my favorite. And (laughs) it was um, this girl tweeted, like... Ways to beat your face, which is like steps for makeup basically. Yeah. And it was like moisturize, primer, foundation, the uh, ladies, we revolt at dawn, (laughs) concealer, (laughs) lipstick. I love all of those kinds of tweets that are like, oh, giggle so hard. (laughs) Actually, I think I said it wrong. I think she said uh, we overthrow men at midnight. (laughs) And then, uh, anyway, both ways, it's very, very funny. So hilarious. Um, That one made me giggle. Uh, Just girl time in the salon was fun. fun. It's just so fun to sit and chat with other ladies. And you know, you hear someone like the next, you know, chair over talking. Funny. I was my April was washing my hair out, and the woman the next chair over was talking about basically what I do at my job. And April, oh, funny. April knew that because she knows me so well. She's known me for eight years yeah. now, I think. And so this woman was, like, going on and on and on about, like, this product. And April kept looking over the bowl at me, and I would just nod my head. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, she's correct. I do not have to get into a fight right now. She's got her facts correct. We're on the
1: up and up here. It's always so funny when people are talking about oh, something you know about, but you don't uh-huh. want anyone to know
0: that you have insider info. So you yeah. just
1: take it. You're like, oh, really? Wow. Cool. Thanks. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah, we were out with some people last week and someone started kind of that conversation. I'm like, cool, I was there, so let me tell you.
1: <laughs> um, I was out last night at a bar and the bartender was like, hey, if you guys turn around, you can see like the Magic Kingdom fireworks from here. And We were both like, okay, thank you. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I don't know how long you guys are in town for. And we both had to be like, whoa, no. We live here. Ooh, do not mistake me for a <laughs> tourist. I mean, How dare I was you? A super tourist area. Yeah. But I was just like, oh no. no. But that happens to us all the time. Mm-hmm. People telling us as if we were tourists. We're
0: like, no, we live look, here. I, I, look, listen. I get it. <laughs> I know it. I know what you're talking about. Um, all right, so let's segue in here. You guys, um, we've talked about it, but over on Patreon, we've started a sponsor page, and where we're dropping our bonus episodes. Yep. And we dropped a new bonus episode just today that we recorded uh, the other night, but we want to kind of give a little bit of dish about it here on this show, because we want to entice you to go over there and check it out, because it's pretty good. For sure, and it's so relatable to our regular shows, because it has to do with one podcast that we've talked about so often. Some shit went down this week, so... Yeah, what happened? So um, the show that I talk about often mm-hmm. on this podcast is The Morning Breath.
1: Mm-hmm. There's like a daily pop culture, like fast five tidbits that you need to know throughout the day, very Real Housewives, Bravo, music-oriented. They got canceled. Bye-bye. Like, boom. With like, just all an article came out in the Daily Beast, kind of revealed who the sisters, the hosts, you know, who their family is, and some tweets of theirs came to light, and within seconds, their production company was like... Yeah, they don't work here no
0: more. Yep. And see ya, morning breath. So the culture that we're in right now, too, you know, coming off of hashtag me too, it's like you find out something about somebody and these companies are forced to cancel revoke yeah. right away, which I think history will tell us is the right move or the wrong sure. move, you know, later on. But yes, Oath took action immediately and canceled the morning breath because uh basically the the Girls' mother is a giant racist, <laughs> yeah. and the girls may or may not be themselves, and in order to not take that risk any longer, um, a show which had nothing to do about political or yeah. uh, a whole lot of anything serious at all, honestly, yeah. is now gone.
1: Yeah, so you
0: and I discussed it the other night
1: at happy hour with our friend Beth, mm-hmm. came home, got out the mics, and just kind of really talked about, like, what does this mean When we hear the phrase problematic favorites and it happens like in the moment and like what you're kind of grappled with. Do I move forward? How do I feel? What does it change? So we invite everyone to come over to Patreon. It's just a dollar if you want to check it out. We've got two episodes over there. We'd love you to take a listen as well as tell us your thoughts. Do you agree with us? Do you have an understanding? So if you want to drop us a line or leave us a message on our Facebook page or here
0: like on our Instagram, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Do you agree you, with us? Do you, you have, you have want a different to do opinion? More privately, you can email us as well at podcast at dark, rw I'm sorry at uh, podcast rwd at um, But of course, we do invite you to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. Let's talk about this. But go take a listen to that episode. We really urge you. Um, Long, interesting, in-depth talk. You'll hear my actual true feelings <laughs> about the podcast come out to like yes. for the first time. So funny um, that you've for so long. It's like, that's okay. You don't have to like everything. And, you know, I think listeners of this show know that I don't like everything. Um, but, yeah, go take a listen to that show. Um, well, so, go ahead. Speaking of that happy hour we had the I there, was guys, just going <laughs> to say that. Our friend, <laughs> Beth, um, who,
1: in the beginning of our podcasting, she was not... A podcast listener by any means no we converted her and now she's like are you listening to this here's the 10 on my thing that you should be listening to it's like okay calm down girlfriend I'm like yeah you'll you now know about podcasts they've been around for a hot minute <laughs> so she was telling us she found one called i'd be friends with us yeah and she was just like they've only got like seven episodes in the can i have binged them all they're really quick they're less than half an hour yeah they're all like 20 minutes yeah she was like you have to go check it out so the other day i did And loved it. And And I
0: did, too. We were doing it simultaneously. And we never talked about
1: it. No. Knowing that we would come on these mics and eventually talk about it. Mm -hmm. But I started following the girls on Instagram. And then we just started chit-chatting with them back and forth. And I think within a matter of 48 hours, we had new pod friends. We have new
0: pod friends. Yeah. Uh, They are correct. I'd be friends with them. Yeah. So it's Sienna Brown and Jamie Ames, who Mm -hmm. are the hosts.
1: And I think it's Jamie, who's good friends with...
0: John Thrasher from Martinez and Murder. Murder. Yeah, she kind of figured out what our show is, and she was like, Amy should really listen to my friend's podcast, Martinis and Murder, to which I responded, oh girl, I'm all over it, like, go to our backlog, I've recapped Martinis and Murder, yeah. um, next though, I want her to connect me with John, uh-huh. and then to Darren, and then we're getting so, we're, close, we're to so Cohen. close to Andy Cohen, we're getting Conan so close hurts. to Andy Cohen, it's so exciting, <laughs> we are steps, Erica, steps away,
1: because it's funny, um, when you talk about Martinis and Murder, they make a special martini to mm-hmm. then recap." A murder show on Oxford. A themed cocktail. And we were joking around that we should make a themed cocktail for their themed co- Like, just get really, like, <laughs> <late laughs> kind of go just, crazy and just only recap that with a themed cocktail for their themed cocktail. Mirrors theme facing cocktail.
0: mirrors facing oh, mirrors. It goes on forever. Yeah. So funny. Um, no, but the show. What did you think about it? I really like the show. I, I want more. I want their episodes to be longer than 20 minutes because I like it I so agree. much. So it's just like us. It's two girls on the mic. They talk. But they just talk, you know, they, um, they look like a pop culture slantish. Yeah, I would say. But, you know, they tell personal stories from their lives. The thing I really got hooked on, though, is, uh, they do talk our Bravo celebrities. Mm-hmm. They're talking The Bachelor a little bit. I mean, when they were going off about David Bador from, he's a house husband, by the way, from The ex-house O.C., husband. an ex-house husband, um, And going off on him and how disgusting he was on Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Oh, because – so, you guys, he posted an Instagram with his new girlfriend. So, he left our girl Shannon, a housewife, on OC – and he's got this new girlfriend. And on Valentine's Day, Instagrammed, like, not hidden anymore, which basically, grotesque. it's grotesque because he's basically admitting to the fact that this woman was his mistress uh-huh. while he was married. Absolutely. And he's celebrating. He doesn't have to hide her anymore. Yeah. Gross. And the girls brought up great points about, he has three daughters. Is this really how he wants to model himself to be to his girls? And they make a great point,
1: but also, let us let us not forget that when these people get on the real housewives, they don't give a shit about their children anymore. It is the Instagram, the likes. Some do, some, some don't. Do, some do. Camera judges, camera judges. not even in contact with one daughter because she'd rather have a million followers. And my yeah. daughter said, Give it all up and I'll be your daughter again. And she was like, I got a fucking tummy tea that I have to go do yeah. a sponsorship for. So yeah, when I listen to them. The
0: narcissism is real. It, yeah. it is. When you listen but, to them, go ahead. It's just
1: so funny because, like, I love how they're even so confident, like, I'd be friends with us. Because I think we think <laughs> yeah. that about ourselves all of the time, too. Like, we're fun.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I'd be friends with us. We should have a podcast because other people care what we have I to should, say, right? right? I'd, I'd be friends hard. with us. I joke
1: around all the time. Like, we became friends at 22 and 12 years later. It's um, like, what I, if I found you, like, in like the office place today, would I be like, that girl, could I be friends with her? I think I'd still say yes. I
0: th- Yeah. I, well, you know me. I, I'm resistant to make friends with anybody. Well, I bore so, you down the first time. Yeah, I, can do I was going to say, time. people have to really, like, woo me.
1: <laughs> I need to be courted to be a friend. I um, think so, my line was, I'm really fucking cool. You're lost if you don't want to. And you're like, okay, my bad.
0: Um, yeah, so if, if you wooed me again, I
1: think I'd be swayed. I think I know what Accoutre wants to bring to the table. Yeah, Wine now you know what I like box. to drink,
0: so you can start, you know, in you know, a
1: box from Walmart. <laughs>
0: No, well, you know what not to do is to bring me a Spumante champagne. That's oh, what you might yeah. out the Amy door. hates
1: a sweet champagne. It's all brute or nothing. All but nothing. speaking of beverages, did you listen to the? I think it was episode six, maybe, where the girls were talking about how Shamrock shakes were coming. Yeah, and the girl was like, and <laughs> "I know, like. Does that taste like a Shamrock? Like, what's the flavor?" And the girl was like, "Shamrock shake oh, flavor. Like, who has gone through their life and never had a Shamrock shake?"
0: Which I, I, I had mean, I'm a little lactose a intolerant. I don't chug milkshakes, but we've all had a sip. And then they Instagrammed a Shamrock Shake, which <laughs> also so made funny. me laugh. Going down the podcast rabbit hole, I listened to my girl Jody on her reality TV podcast, and like the same day, I listened to an episode of hers, and she was like, "My husband is out right now at McDonald's. <laughs> they have released the Shamrock Shake." Forgive me, I might need to take a break. She's like, I love myself one a year. And I was like, so funny. Oh my god. Um, so I guess St. Patrick's Day is coming. I guess
1: so. <laughs> I should celebrate my Irish heritage and get my shake on. Just Get a shake on. I would rather have like a Guinness. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's a great show. I really enjoyed it. Like you said, I yeah. think if there's anything that we would complain about, is it's not long enough. After right? 20 minutes, I'm really like I'm getting just the warmed green. up. I'm warmed up. I'm agreeing with everything, I'm loving it. And then it's like, all right, bye. I'm
0: like, no, hey, put- hey. hey girls, come back. Um, but, you know, it is such an easy listen, and it's a quick it listen. I definitely think it's a weekly staple for me now because it's so easy to you know, in the car or yeah, or in the shower or whatever to just throw on. It's and now that I've lost time. the
1: morning breath that is like a pop culture staple, I'm looking and searching yeah. for all the new just fun ones that I can listen to while taking a
0: shower, doing my hair, that I don't have to really, like, sit and think about. You know, I was going to ask you that earlier because if you were to tell, ask me, what are my top five, you know, go-to listens that I have to hear every week? I can tell you right off the click of my fingers what they are, and I think the morning breath was that for you, even uh-huh. a daily must-do. And so I was going to ask you, like, with five hours back in your day <laughs> or five hours back in your week, where are you going? Who's up?
1: Um, I well, I will say, not to plug, but I did make a new playlist for my blog the other day, uh, and yes. so I did spend a couple of days since Wednesday creating and curating some music and stuff. So, so are you saying that
0: for those five hours a week that you have back, you're just gonna listen to music and fuck podcasts. <laughs> <My ass. laughs>
1: Your own music. No,
0: I'm still mourning
1: and I'm trying to do some research. Cause you know yes. how hard it is. It is iTunes, you're in the Discover page, you know what you're looking for, you listen to something and it's got the right content but it just doesn't sit with you. It's not yeah. like um my own leader Wendy always says P-L-U. People like us. We're yeah. always just searching for people like us and podcasts. Plu podcasts like us. Ooh, know I what like you're looking for like. that kind of stuff, and so it's going to take a little bit. Also, can we say we're at like almost minute fifteen, and I am halfway through this Bloody Mary. It is so delicious. Okay. I
0: might take you up on that offer um, for a refill. Uh, can I tell you I'm a little hurt that you like the zing zing so much more than the ones that I lovingly make you every time you request? You know I work hard. You do, and I really pro- it's like I'm <sighs> right.
1: concerned though that like. <laughs> we keep tomato juice in like V8 in the fridge and I think they say like throw away after seven days of opening and we just push through. I do that with juices all the time and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah once you add alcohol
0: to anything, it's clean again. <laughs> right? Isn't I that think how that that works? that's how it works, is bite the bullet and pour some vodka um, on it. Well <laughs> okay, so before I had a segue earlier and it's lost. Oh I'm so I- sorry. <laughs> segue. So yeah. Da, 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 da. Hey! Um, I was talking about Morning Breath and talking about, oh, here's how hard it was, talking sure. about podcasts like us. I want to talk on our show and to you about a podcast that is nothing like us. Okay. A podcast that, for the first time ever, I'm talking about a podcast on the show that I have not listened to, nor will I ever listen to it. But I read a story on, not a story, an actual article on the Huffington Post yesterday Again, while I was sitting, waiting you know, waiting for my hair to set with all the bleach on my head. Got, you, got you. Um, I was scrolling through Facebook, came across this article on Huffington Post, uh, and it relates to podcasts. So there is a teacher in Citrus County, Florida. Uh, of an, course it's Florida. An hour and a half. About an hour and a half north of us, north of Tampa, and uh, currently she is removed from the classroom. Okay. Uh, and things are under investigation, but turns out this teacher, under an alias... Has a podcast that is extremely white nationalist and anti-Islamic, anti-Jewish, and has I will not be telling you the name of the podcast. Nope. You can search this out on Huffington Post. Um, and like I said, I, I will never ever listen or give it one tick up in yeah. her clicks. But she talks openly, evidently, on this podcast about the fact that she is a middle school teacher and that she proudly indoctrinates her kids in her classroom into her white nationalist beliefs. That's and even talks horrific. to the kids about how to be activists without being too open, so <gasps> that you're not caught. Um, evidently, the I reread the article, but just before you went on air so it would be fresh in my head, the school system has received complaints from parents but previously from kids coming home and saying, so Mrs. So-and-so is saying this. And, um, evidently she was confronted by the principal and she told the principal, what are you talking about? That's not real. And the principal went, okay, cool. Thanks for listening to my questions. (laughs) So I think the school system might need to do some soul searching on that. I think so. Um, currently, like I said, she's removed from the classroom, but it just breaks my heart. Not only that a teacher, well, first of all, it breaks my heart that white nationalism exists. Breaks my heart. Um, I completely it,
1: agree. I don't know how it's real that
0: a person tasked with forming young minds yes. in America has the audacity to do it and then to have a podcast. First of all, again, like we, she has this podcast under an alias. Yeah. Um, if you listen to our bonus episode about the Ashri sisters from the Morning Breath, you you'll hear our thoughts on how we feel about actively hiding something. So you know it's wrong, don't Correct. you? So you know that this is wrong, or at least it's not accepted. It's not acceptable, and you know that, and um, I just, I don't know, what are your thoughts? I I know you haven't read the article. I haven't
1: read the article. Um, She knows exactly what she's doing is wrong, especially if she's you know, promoting on the show, like, this is what I'm doing with these kids, like, how great, like, it's not part of the curriculum, you know better. You you you're a social
0: studies teacher, which is even grosser, right? Exactly. Well,
1: your mother was a teacher. We both have plenty of friends who are a teacher. I don't know how you don't stick to the curriculum, like, don't you to turn in, like, here's what I'm gonna talk about this week. A lesson plan. A lesson plan. And well, then like yeah, you do it's that. Outline. I know, but then like you think to yourself, yeah, but on Wednesday between two and two forty-four, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get real deep. I mean, living in Florida, I had a roommate back in the day who just by virtue of you know nurture, um, would say things like we would joke around or like something we would say something about the Civil War in the apartment, and she would honestly be like, "Oh, the War of Northern Aggression."
0: Yeah, I'd be like, what? I know there's is that people in the that book feel that, that you way? read.
1: Well, she was like, "Oh, it was in the books." I'm like, "How is that in the books?" The winner gets to decide what the war is called. Like you lost. Like how are we all reading the same books? And it's just well, already that that being out there is crazy. um All of it's wrong. I, it's, I have no opinion other than she's yeah. horrific and terrible. And thank God for these children. We're coming home and
0: being like, huh, yeah. mom, dad? Another really vile thing about it is that she openly on her podcast talked about the need for uh, races to learn in different classrooms. Because um, it's proven by science, I'm using in air quotes, that a kid from Nigeria couldn't possibly be as smart as a kid from Sweden. So why should we be teaching them the same curriculum? It makes no sense. It's... Uh, what? It's, it's disgusting. I mean, it makes my stomach. Ter- I I literally just felt a little like verpy even to say that. Yeah. That sentence aloud, um, but as of now, her her Twitter her Twitter was also terrible. Her Twitter is now private, and of course, I don't think you can find her podcast. The way Huffington Post put it is her her website for her podcast has been scrubbed. Okay. So I don't really know what that means, but just bringing the up host podcast site news doesn't and- like it, and the host site deleted mm-hmm. it. Uh, good. Good. Great. Yeah. Bye. See you never. (laughs) All right.
1: Well, we want to talk some podcasts or recaps and kind of do some deep dives. What did you listen to this week?
0: I listened to a new podcast this week and I, you know, I, I'm sticking with, I went real deep last week with like a, you know, serious, serious serial killer. So I was searching out there for some other stuff or was she, I don't know. (laughs) Was it a government thing? Listen to episode 19. Find out for yourself. Um, But the the podcast that I talked about last week was called Serial Killers, Uh and it's part of the Parcast Network. Okay. And also on the Parcast Network are some other ones that are just starting. I think Serial Killers was their flagship. Okay. I think Parcast is a fairly newly formed Mm -hmm. um, company, and so they've just, in the past couple of weeks, started two new podcasts. One called Conspiracy Theories and one called Unexplained Mysteries. Okay. Now, can I stop and say that I just really love that Parcast is like no flowery titles. <laughs> like, you know what you're fucking getting here? You're either getting serial killers. You're getting, oh, they have cults too. You're getting cults. You're getting unexplained mysteries. I mean, from a show called Podcast
1: Rewind, we kind of agree. Like, just tell me what I'm going right. to be getting when I hit play.
0: Exactly. Don't confuse me. No. You know, put it. I'll, I'll judge you by the title, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, judge judge the cover by your thumbnail. Um, anyway, this is a new podcast called Unexplained Mysteries. Um, their first two episodes were both around the Mona Lisa. Ooh, ooh. There's did lots, she smile? Did she <laughs> smile or did she not? Is it an optical illusion? I is it a man? There. Is it a woman? Uh, yes. So, I mean, I have known that there's so much lore about exactly. the Mona Lisa, yeah. but I've never really been quite... Clear, not being an art historian, yeah, what the deal is. Then you know she's beguiling and she's, you know, is she beautiful? Is she sexy? Is she smiling? Uh-huh. I know is one of the big questions. Um, I, I did want to mention the tagline for this podcast is kind of cool. It's we don't take, we don't know for an answer. <laughs> uh, so the. The male and female hosts Richard and Claire okay. are our hosts for the podcast, and they seek to answer two questions. Number one, who was she? Who is the woman in the painting? Yeah. And number two, what's the reason for that smile? Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, the artist is Leonardo da Vinci. Yep. I'm gonna tell you, if I accidentally say Leonardo DiCaprio once, please don't laugh too loud.
1: <laughs> because it <laughs> let's even, call him Leo moving forward. Like, uh, no full name. Just, yeah,
0: let's Leo oh, yeah. Leo V. Um, so a little bit of background on Leonardo to kind of set the scene, right? Okay. So he's born in night I'm sorry, 1452 in Tuscany. His father was a well-known legal notary. So not a nobleman, not super rich, but a well-respected man in the community. And his mom was a peasant. Okay. And in fact, he was born in the Vinci village, which is why he doesn't have a proper last name because he's an illegitimate, uh, child. Makes sense. Right. So Leonardo da Vinci, just of the Vinci. Vinci. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's raised by his mother and when he's in his teens, he's still in contact with his father and his father kind of trying to throw him a bone, hires him to paint the sword or the uh, shield of like a warrior who's coming to town. So Leonardo, kind of unbeknownst, to everybody is a great painter and paints this shield, and it's so beautiful yeah. that uh, the father's like, actually, I'm going to sell that, not uh-huh. give it back to the warrior. And um, he's inspired to send Leonardo to Florence to study in the 1470s. And we use into the podcast. There's a lot more background in Leonardo da Vinci that doesn't really need to be um, talked about here, but we do know that a lot of his work is very, very famous. Yeah. Um, Paintings, including John the Baptist, um, Mona Lisa, of course, and The Last Supper. Oh, yeah. All of which do carry lore and secrets and questions. Uh, The Last Supper, having a lot of questions about it that were um, explored in a 1982 book called Holy Blood, Holy Grail, Uh which is a nonfiction book that led later to the fiction book, the, the Da, da Vinci Code. Code. I was wondering if we were going to get there. We're, getting, we're getting there. We're cool. getting there. And so I will I say loved that movie. Yeah, I loved the book. And I, uh, when that book came out, a girl told uh, a girl that I was friends with at the time said, "You have to read this book. It's so feminist in a way, yeah. and, and that basically the the nonfiction book Holy Blood, Holy Grail, and then the Da Vinci Code, followed by the movies." Um, assertates that there is kind of a conspiracy theory that's been going on since the 1400s. Uh, well, actually, since the, the start of the B.C. time period. Yeah. Because they say that there is a group called the Priory of Sion that's uh-huh. actually led by Leonardo da Vinci, and they are tasked with hiding mm-hmm. and protecting the secret of the fact that Jesus was not actually um, a virgin at the time of his death, that he did have a marriage with Mary Magdalene, Uh uh, the whore that became uh, a follower of his... And that they had children together, and even to this day, the bloodline of Jesus Christ is alive yeah. and is protected by the Priory of Sion, and that is they're protected by the Illuminati oh, yes. and you That's know all shows. those all those secret groups and the conspiracy theorists that lies deep and dormant inside of me just loves, loves it. it. So I love the Da Vinci Code, Same. I love the Angels and Demons. Again, yes. I am not an art historian myself. My mom is very interested yeah. in art, Um but I, I have a uh, peripheral kind of just understanding of art and ancient art and those things. And so, especially in Angels and Demons, there's a lot more than like running around Rome and the statues and the paintings yeah. and those, those things It just fascinated me, both yeah. of those books and both movies. So it was fun for me to return to that, listening to this. Yes. And how does it relate to Mona Lisa? Right. So, um, again, sorry, turning the page, y'all. Um, the actual the population of the Da Vinci Code is something that instilled in the public as almost a truth that Leonardo Cap. Ah. <laughs> you it. did it. I did it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I I knew it <laughs> was going to I looked to. down at
1: my phone to like turn away like a notification. <laughs> it just like
0: popped my head <laughs> <off>. <laughs> Leonardo da, da Vinci. Vinci. Um I think Now the public just assumes it's true that he hid all of these signs and secrets in his work. If you remember what they what they say in the Da Vinci Code is, look at the Last Supper. You think that's John the Baptist on his left, but that's a woman when you look really close. Yeah, and the symbolism of the V being being the chalice. Uh Yeah, and um, how one of the other um, what do they call prophets? No, apostles. Apostles. Disciples. Uh, Disciples. Yes. Yeah. Has kind of pointing their. Hand across John the Baptist's throat, but uh-huh. if that's really Mary Magdalene, is it a, a sense of, you know, like, yeah. get off her kind of stuff? So, um, it, but also, he painted that like nobody was there, so right? Yeah, no one modeled for it. That's yes. what he so so painted. It? He's
1: painting it based on what he, are uh-huh. they saying that like he painted something like that based on these secrets that were trickled down and yes. then he knew them and then he painted it? Yes, Crazy. That's exactly. You need to go back and reread the Da
0: Vinci Code, girl. That's exactly what they said. <laughs> I was really think it's been. A minute. In like, it's been eight a minute years. for me too. So I'm glad you have a memory. Yes. Um, oh, Tom Hanks can do no wrong, by the way. Never. Oh, never. And that was. Ron Howard, oh, oh, and his cameos on This Is Us. Are they the sweetest? They're just so great. <laughs> Kevin, I recommend you go buy yourself a Tuxedo. <laughs> I'm sorry. I digress. <laughs> Sorry, I'm anyway, crying a little bit from love. The popularity so hard. <laughs> of those things really instilled in the public the sense that, yeah, Leonardo da Vinci probably did hide a lot of secrets in a lot of his other paintings. And one of the most popular paintings on earth is the Mona Lisa. Yeah. Let me throw you some numbers. You know how I love a stat. You love a number. Uh, the Mona Lisa, of course, sits in the Louvre in Paris. And uh, currently is valued at eight hundred million dollars. It is the most. That could get me out of a couple yeah. of jams. Get me out <laughs> of a couple of jams. Well, fun fact: someone in 1911 stole the Mona Lisa, and it was missing for two years. Whoa! Come to find out, it was under over his stove in his uh, Parisian apartment, and got caught when he tried to sell it back to a Tuscan uh, art house or museum. And they uncovered it, and he got arrested. He almost spent a year in jail for that, though. Who? Uh, Just a merendo? Jacques. not okay. know. I, I forgot his name. They said it in the Jacques, podcast. Jacques Pierre. Um But anyway, it's valued at $800 million. If you compare that to dogs playing poker, is only valued at $250 million. Mm. And The Scream is $150 million. Wow. So that's a lot. And is old. And she she old. She, she was. Old. Well, how old is she, actually? So, who's the Mona Lisa? Who is yeah. the subject of this painting? That's the question that they really get into next on the podcast. And can most, I tell you before mm-hmm, you go that mm-hmm. like I have heard that it's him in a reflection. Girl, but, let me go. i mean, I'm, I'm gonna say <laughs> that like yeah. I, that is um, a stat that's been out there before. Yeah. So there's several possibilities. That's of course, what I was wondering is, if
1: they talk about
0: because obviously she's not somebody famous. She wasn't a queen. Yeah. She wasn't a noble woman. Um, one of the most popular theories is that it's a portrait of a woman named Lisa del Giacondo, okay. who whose husband Francesco was a nobleman. She was another peasant, and he marries her. And it's said mm. that he was very, very much in love with her. And uh, but they were pretty middle class. He wasn't uh-huh. um, an overly wealthy man, and it was pretty uncommon for the middle class to class, excuse me, to yeah. commission portraits. But uh, this guy also knew Leonardo da Vinci's father. Mm-hmm. So, and at this time, this was 1503. Leonardo was not uh, employed. Okay, remember he was born in 1452, so yeah. he's 51 at this point. Yeah, and dad's still giving him gigs. And <gasps> so dad's still kicking. Uh-huh. Was it 52 or yeah, it was 52. I had to look back in my notes. Okay. But anyway, uh, he's commissioned to paint this, and this is a known fact. He was commissioned to paint a portrait of Lisa del Giocondo. But, uh, he worked on it and worked on it and then he just declared his, de- declared his work unfinished and said, I'm not delivering this to you. And they're like, cool, we're not paying you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fine. But no one ever knew what became of that canvas. Okay. So, uh, later on in 1517, he was commissioned to point another portrait of a woman. And so there is a theory out there that maybe there are two Mona Lisas. Because a lot of people say if it is Lisa Del Giocondo, I guess, art critics and art historians say that the painting it was not reflective of his style in 1503. It doesn't reflect his style until much later in his career. Mm. So it really kind of leans cred to maybe that painting it, of the 1503 Lisa is gone somewhere, but the later 1517 one of another woman is because that's more of his older style that maybe that's who she is. Then it's also, um, said that there was a man in Leonardo da Vinci's life named Salai and he or Salai, excuse me, He's been reported as Leonardo's lover, uh, especially that they were partners for basically the end of both of their lives. Okay. Their cover was that Salai was a mentor under Leonardo, but they uh, he was served as his muse pretty often. Oh. And so then they went on to talk about, for instance, that John the Baptist painting. If you look at it, it's actually very feminine. And so yes. a lot of people believe that either it is a woman or it's actually a portrait of Salai because Leonardo sees him with love. Uh-huh. That it, he kind of takes on a feminine quality sure. to him. And then, yes, there is the, um, kind of really fascinating. I thought a uh, theory that the Mona Lisa is actually a self portrait of Da mm-hmm. Vinci because there is only one known self portrait of him. There are many portraits yeah. of Da Vinci, but a self portrait, the only one known of is a red chalk drawing mm. and a art scientist, I guess in the 1960s took that and, um, you know, kind of had a computer, I guess, and overlaid them. Overlaid them, and the it's the facial features are match up exactly, like in a crazy way. So, um, yeah, I, don't, I want to step on no, thing. no, go, I ahead, have go ahead.
1: is there? I mean, it, I don't know what you're about to say next, and like listening to it back, you know, from your perspective, do you think to yourself like, okay, if that is a self portrait, did he truly see himself as a woman? Of you think about the yeah. fact, that like, back in the day. They didn't know how to describe what being transgender meant, and so he painted who he felt deep down. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Like, if, especially if those facial features
0: match so, so perfectly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's well, there's, crazy. there's another theory that, um, wh- whomever commissioned it, or if he painted it on his own, that it's his mother. Oh, okay. So if you look at the painting, which I Googled. Which they could the, have the same yes. facial features. So I Googled the painting, because everyone knows it, but yeah. to just really put my eyes on it again, I looked yeah, at course. it. of course. Everyone go do that too um, while you're listening. Right, yeah, take a look at it. Yes, please. And uh, the Mona Lisa is sitting in what must be a tower because behind her you see through a window and it's a a field that looks very close to Tuscany. Uh Um, And his mother died when he was in his late teens, so Leonardo da Vinci uh, it's possible that it's his thoughts and, and missing his mother. So I'm looking probably, at this up while you're talking because yeah. I need to just do it for myself who, as well. Who probably does have facial features very similar to him. Okay. Another interesting thing about the painting, too, is that it's something I've never noticed until it was brought up and I looked close. She's wearing a very thin black veil, which back like then... over her shoulders? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is uh, evidently back then what women wore when they were pregnant and just past giving birth. Now, Lisa Del Giacondo is said to have been recently pregnant with her second child when the photo or the the portrait of her was commissioned. So maybe that was her husband's gift to her for having her second child. And so she was painted with that veil. But if you look behind her, evidently that's very, I've never been to Tuscany, hopefully one day. Another when int- this podcast takes off. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> Come on over to Patreon, people. Send us to Tuscany. Mama's got to go to Tuscany for some um, also, real deep dives. Also, now that you're looking at the painting, yeah. look at her hands and how large they are. Yeah, for a woman's. I Yeah, and looking at that and looking at her, I would mm-hmm. guesstimate she would be a 5'9", five, 5'10", five, woman. Yeah. Um, so, the mystery of how large her hands were is, is an interesting one. But going to her smile, now that we're both looking at it, if in the in the second, this actually the podcast was actually a two- parter. I'm talking more about the first part because it really fascinated me and uh-huh. the history of Leonardo da Vinci. But in the second part, they get a little bit more into the history and trying to dig through some of the questions that they raised yeah. in the first part. And so, is Mona Lisa smiling or not, right? So you're looking at it. Yeah, tell me this. Look at her mouth. Would you call that a smile? No, no. But look in her eyes. Look directly in her eyes. and is she now smiling? Yeah, yes. So it has to do with how your eyeball works. And now Leonardo da Vinci was also really into anatomy, right? Awesome. So the, the very center part of the inside of your eye is what focuses on shapes and colors. Okay. But the peripheral area or the, the outer parts of your eye focus on movement. Uh-huh. And it's what those things tell us together that tell your brain what is happening. So because the, type, the her lips kind of curl up and there's almost a dimple to her cheek – when you look in her eyes, and that is your focal, the other part of your eyeball is telling you that her mouth is it's creasing course, yeah. up and that she's smiling. But then when you focus on the mouth, you realize that is a straight across lip. Yeah. That's so, why I look at a selfie. Isn't that <laughs> fascinating? <laughs> yes. Um, here's the other fascinating thing about this portrait, the one that you're looking at and the one that's hanging in the Louvre, Louvre, Louvre. whether or not it, there are two paintings in the 60s or I think maybe the 70s, they took it down and really fully analyzed it. And this on that canvas is the fourth painting on the canvas. There are three. Ca- there are three layers of paint beneath. Oh, that's amazing. So it's highly possible that the two. Um, the theories about the two women is, women is it's the same. So maybe on the very bottom of that canvas is Lisa Del Giacondo, and then maybe it is a self-portrait of him over, which led into the next commission of him. Maybe uh-huh. it is his lover or his mother or himself that's sitting on very top, but that is the fourth layer of paint on that canvas. That's insane. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. So like I said, it was stolen for a couple of years in the early 1900s, and then um, in the 50s, it wasn't discovered until after... That book I talked about, Holy Blood, Holy Grail. <laughs> by the way, Grail. when
1: you scroll through just looking up Google Images, yeah. there's one of
0: her smoking. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, people got interesting with photos Um, a selfie. Um, one final point. Yeah. So, the Priory of Scion that we talked about yes. in that book, Holy Blood, Holy Grail, turns out all of the papers that they turned up in France that have to do with that are all fucking bogus. Yes. They were all planted by a guy in the 1950s who thought himself, um, he thought he was the rightful heir to the French throne. And planted these papers. He was a known anti-Semite. So he was trying to, I think, bring down the lore that Jesus was the son of God, and oh. that there is no bloodline left on earth. And somehow that was going to help him become uh-huh. the French king. Okay. Uh, tell me how? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know but um, so, yeah, that podcast, like I said, was two parts, both about 30 minutes. Not sure I really fully get all of it. I, yeah, I told you guys. You know I told you guys what I thought was super interesting about it. I still have lots of questions, and maybe that's why this podcast is called "Unexplained Mysteries." Yes, I really like this, and I'm kind of excited. It makes me want to go rewatch
1: the Da Vinci Code mm-hmm. and learn more about all that stuff. And like, I really the want to watch the concept of too. the Illuminati is so fascinating. Yes. especially because I have seen time and time again weird. Old school ties of the Illuminati to Disney. Well, Beyonce and, like, and Jay Z are definitely, or one hundred percent in the Illuminati.
0: But yes, yeah, to Disney too. A lot of the things that, like Stanley
1: you, Kubrick's movies, always have mm-hmm. a lot of tie-ins to it, and like calls that stuff out. Like it's so fascinating. Like Eyes Wide Shut, I rewatched like a year ago. Yeah, because somebody I know who's like into the Illuminati was like, you have to watch it. But like, yeah, it's a sex movie, but watch it like this, and then
0: watching it, I it was just like jaw dropped. Like. I'm fascinated. Oh. There was another podcast, again, like I said, this podcast network, uh-huh. another the other new one that's just come out. It's called Conspiracy Theories. Yeah. And their first episode was about the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. I listened to it, and frankly, I was working at the time, and I didn't catch a lot. Uh-huh. I think I might go back and listen to it again and recap it another time because the the, the Masons, the yes. Illuminati, the Priory of Scion, all yes. of these secret groups, fascinating. The Skulls. I am fascinated. The Rowan Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we were all well, introduced to. Thanks, Joshua Jackson. But even like you know sororities and fraternities yeah, that have like you know well yeah but like it. they have their secret yep um, handshakes I don't know, things. whatever the fuck it's, they do I don't know I was uh-huh. not in one I was I was like a soroha uh, second I was a soroha. Woo,
1: <laughs> um, so that's what I got. Well, that's awesome, what I, got. I love it. I you mildly stayed in your lane a little bit. Well, it wasn't murder, but it was dark and cool and questiony. Yep. Mm-hmm. I listened to one. Called WorkWise. It's okay. been in my queue for a while and I haven't listened to it because I realized that this podcast actually stopped podcasting about a year ago, April. So, like, okay. they haven't done much in a while, but that doesn't mean that their archives aren't worth taking a listen to. Maybe they have
0: seasons too. It seems like since April last year is a long off it has season. That's a long off season. <laughs> but maybe. Yeah,
1: and it's interesting because it's presented by Glamour Magazine. Okay. So, um, it's um, Work Wives with two girls, Annie and Laurel, and it's all about, like, dishing on all of those topics with the woman who knows you best. Your work wife. Okay. so the actual co They are or both co-workers okay. at Glamour. Yeah. So, um, I started to listen to one, because, like, the title totally grabbed me, and it said, Why are people into that? Question mark. And I was like, like yeah. Ugh, why are people into that? Basically. So, yeah. I started to listen to it, and they were like, hey, before we get started, this is going to be insanely explicit. All right. If you can't handle that, may I suggest an older episode of ours <laughs> called The American Girl Today. It's one of our favorites. And I was like, well, before I start this crazy explicit one, because I'm going to listen to it... <laughs> I'll go listen to the American Girl doll one. I had an American. Girl it was about doll. American Girl dolls. Uh huh. Oh. Did you have an American Girl doll? I had the books and I had. The you doll. the books. Okay, so um, I went back and I listened to like like they said their favorite, their most popular episode. It's from December fourteenth of twenty sixteen. So it is back
0: in the archives. It's all about the American Girl doll. So,
1: like, you had the books. I had books. I had
0: Samantha. Honestly, I don't know if my parents kept it for me or not, but it wasn't until I, ad- I was an adult that I knew there were dolls. Oh, no. I knew that there were books. What? That's so mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and until I, yeah, grew up and I was like, wait, there's an entire there's store? A fucking... There's a fucking well, there
1: store? Was store when I was a kid. I mean, when I was a kid, as you were you at the same time, there was, like, four dolls. You had Kirsten, who was, like, prairie girl. Yeah. Samantha, who was, like, Victorian, early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Molly, I think, was the Great Depression. Yep. And then there may have been one other. Yeah. I mean, there's a thousand right now. Uh, I don't know. Carrie Miranda, Samantha Sharp, Samantha Sharp. Exactly. Nailed it.
0: So this drama's in that world, (laughs) by
1: the way. So much drama. Go home, Kim Cattrall. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so they're talking about the American Girl Doll, and one of the hosts is actually from Australia. Oh, okay. And she was like, This is another thing that we had dolls that had backgrounds. Like, you had a Cabbage Patch doll, and you're like, Oh, Ronnie likes Legos. I had Cabbage Cabbage Patch. patch." (laughs) Yeah, but she was like, To have a doll and then books that kind of tell you, like, Hey, here's Molly's whole story. Here's, there's a war going on, you know, all of this information. So they were, you know, Felicity. Thank you. (laughs) I knew I I I could get there. It just came to me. (laughs) You know, there's so many versions of them now. Yeah, so, um, there were just the four back then, though. Yes, and I had Samantha because I just, if I was going to pick any of the time periods, it was going to be the rich little girl from the Victorian era. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. My parents didn't question that by any means. <laughs> so um, they go on, just kind of like the two hosts themselves talking about what American Girl dolls are. I think we just clearly covered it pretty well. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. But then they go and they have like a, a tea... Round table, if you will, like a tea time round table with a couple other women at Glamour talking about, like, did you have an American Girl doll back in the day? What was your connection to it? What did it do for you? They did it at the American Girl Cafe. I don't think that they did. They did it at Glamour where they fucking work. Missed opportunity, I know. Yeah, well, so they were talking about how, like, American Girl dolls allowed you to learn about a time in history, Mm -hmm. but with a really serious situation. So one of the girls was, like, you know, growing up black, like, Barbies friends may be black but like Barbie was always like a blonde white chick but having Addie Mm -hmm. who was a later on addition who was a slave girl Mm -hmm. and then hearing and reading these stories she was like not only explained to me you know more so about slavery in America but like reading the story of that potentially could have happened back then and just connecting it further and allowing these American Girl dolls to really tell our story in America and then make it relatable to us and maybe the doll looks like us. Uh-huh. So they just have, like, a lot of conversation about that. Do you remember that YouTube video on the young girl? maybe came out, like, two years ago. She um, had a prosthetic leg, and American Girl doll made oh, her, yes, her yes, own, like, yes. doll with a prosthetic. and it's Oh, just, tears. Yes. snotty, snotty cheers. It's so beautiful because what it's like to see yourself represented, it's just like that video or that photo that's That's going around of the little girl who's staring at the (gasps) portrait of Michelle Obama. Just obsessed with her. It's the greatest thing that's going on right now. And it's just so relatable because we know what it was like to grow up and not see ourselves. You Mm -hmm. know, Um, I remember when American Girl Dolls came out with an option that like, and because you don't know this because you didn't know there were dolls, dolls, there was a catalog where you could go and like buy your Um, doll clothes so like I could get Samantha her like winter you know Christmas dress that matched this Christmas book Uh of hers but then as it got later you could pick an American Girl doll and make her look like you and you could put her in a pajama set and buy the pajama set for yourself so you and your little twin could match. But I remember, like, yeah, looking. Yeah, they marketed the hell out of this Oh, shit. they are brilliant. But I remember looking at it, and I was like, there's no blonde hair, green-eyed American doll. And wow, I, they were very specific. Uh, well, that's what Yeah. But, like, I would see all of them, and it was just like, oh, I don't have yeah. an American doll that I could look like. It's okay. like, oh, brown hair, green eyes, blonde hair, blue eyes. And like, But I couldn't find me. And so like the whole conversation is, you know, listening to these women talk about toys from back in their day, they had a long conversation of, like, what did you make you, like, did you play with your dolls? They're like, oh, yeah, like, He-Man and she would play together, and they lived in their universe, and they never crossed over with G.I. Joe. And another girl was like, so it turns out, looking back, I may have been really dark. Um, Barbie wouldn't be able to get a cheerleader practice because she was pregnant. She's like, <laughs> she's like, I really put my dolls through some sick things as a kid. And I thought to myself, like, I know I had a Barbie. I was way more into Gem because she could tug on an earring and be a celebrity. Um, but yes, I really, you always had <laughs> <made> that dream. <laughs> still have that dream. Um, but it was just just so interesting to listen to these women who are our age, kind of talking about back then. Yeah. So it was really cute, and I recommend if everyone's looking for like a light-hearted thirty-minute conversation about American Girl dolls and all that kind of stuff, go for it. Okay, um, but
0: the explicit one. However,
1: oh, let's get there. <laughs> okay, here's what I need to do, though. Yes. If you are related to me. <laughs> oh, is not that bad? Uh-huh. Oh, um, so Bye, mom and dad, Checking if you your click off um, Amy's parents, just because I might look you in the eye one day again, <laughs> if you could we'll also. We'll be back for
0: episode 21 <laughs> for those of you with a strong stomach. Here we
1: go. Basically. What the this hell? This is just who I am. Um, also, if you have children in the car, you're listening to this in public, I'm going to give you five seconds to turn this off, find something new, but we'll come back later when you have no
0: moment. Put <laughs> the kids to bed. Put the kids less. to
1: bed. All right. We've talked enough. Yep. You're still listening. Episode. From, uh, why are people into that? From yeah. February 22nd. 2017 is explicit as fuck because we have on the show guest Tina Horn from the same podcast, Why Are People Into That?, which is all about weird sex stuff and why the fuck people are into that. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) here we go. Tina's show always includes, um, like, a sex expert or a therapist to kind of, like, they get to pick the weird sex Fetish or situation. Mm -hmm. And then they have a whole conversation about why are people into that? So on this episode, and by that, by the way, on that one, she explains that in her show, they are unapologetically, like, not political about sex stuff. Like, they're just going for it. Don't worry about it.
0: Just, like, consenting adults do whatever the fuck they want, right? you
1: do you. But, like, nobody questions it. Okay. So we're going to talk about the top 10 searches on Pornhub.
0: Yay! (laughs)
1: Never mind you, this was uh, taped in 2017. So these are the top 10 searches in 2016. From a year ago. Uh huh. Pre
0: me too, by the way.
1: For sure. (laughs) And I will tell you that I'm not going to list out all 10 because I don't even think I can look at you in the eye and talk about some
0: of these. (laughs) I cannot wait. I'm so excited.
1: So um, Tina goes on to say, like, hey, before we even get into these top 10, I know I can answer a lot of these questions of why those are popular searches. Now, mind you, we're not talking about the top 10 viewed. Mm -hmm. Videos, we're talking about the searches. Okay. And so she said, for the most part, it's all voyeurism. It's just people want to look at something different. And she said, there is a huge difference between what you are into voyeuristically versus what you actually want to do in the bedroom. So, yes, I can imagine that. Right? So, like a guy, straight male, straight white, cis male, or whatever, wants to see people have sex, but does not want to see another dick that's not his. So, he's going to look at lesbian sex. Sure,
0: yes. You know what I mean? I, I knew that to be a fact. For I, sure. I accidentally weirdly touched your foot. <laughs> Not while like, we're talking. It's oh so creepy. God, it's so
1: weird. But then they were like, you know, a lesbian might be interested to see what two gay guys are doing. She doesn't want to do any of that. But like, what you want to watch voyeuristically has nothing to do with your true sexuality. Right. And so, it doesn't mean that you're getting
0: off by it. No. Just, it's
1: human curiosity, maybe. Exactly. And maybe you are, maybe you aren't. But like, that's what she was saying, that for the most part, it's very voyeuristic. And, um... So then, trying to see what this says. Checking her notes. Checking yeah, her notes. I know. Also, like, people who just might be interested in certain things. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, if a guy is eating a girl and looks at her Pornhub searches, which don't do that. Not um, bad, bad idea. <laughs> bad idea. And sees it's all about spanking – And he thinks like, oh yeah, great. (laughs) What? Like she was just. like, excuse you, Mister. She was doing research and checking it out. Paper (laughs) do exactly. So they were like, a lot of these searches can just be about research. Like, am I interested in that? Let me just check it out. And then they're like, by the way, no matter what you're watching, remember these are professionals who are getting paid to do it. Mm -hmm. It's not exactly how it'll be for you. So Mm -hmm. here's a stat because I know you love them. There Mm -hmm. are 23 billion videos viewed yearly. Yes. So that is... All made here in Tampa. <laughs> Down the street. <laughs> um, there, that equates to 12.5 videos viewed for each single person on the planet. Okay, so who's taking <laughs> my share?
0: Because I'm not <laughs> watching any of them.
1: There are plenty of people who are taking 20 people's share.
0: <laughs> I mean,
1: <laughs> let's be honest. But, I mean, that's that's crazy. 23 billion videos are viewed every single year. People are And that now. was in 2016. Nope. <laughs> like, that nope. stat may have changed. All right. So um, I will go through a couple. Okay. So... Um, don't play game. What do you think the number one search is on Pornhub? Lesbians. Nope. Uh,
0: MILFs. Close. Teens. No. Uh, lesbian MILFs. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
1: what is it? Stepmoms. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Ugh. Gross. Well, they were like, it's incest, but it's not. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, oftentimes, like a guy's dad may be divorced and he is dad marries a chick who's only a few years older than him he's acting not out of everyone fantasy. lives in tommy boy <laughs> <laughs> so fucking good by the way tommy boy is the greatest movie i was she can recite you the, the whole, whole thing, thing right it's now amazing i love watching her do that um but they were just saying it's not it's not really incest it's very milfy um <laughs> <laughs> amy Thank you. okay what's number two <laughs> lesbians <laughs> yes <laughs> I knew it. I knew they were out there. Yeah. And like I told you earlier, it's because guys for the most part, because guys don't want to see another. Hey, why penis. take one dick when you get two sets of boobies? Exactly. Right. right? Maximize. Um, so then step three also goes back into that incest but not incest, stepsisters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's just, and also it's talking about like. It's very Brady of them. It's super Greg Brady. And also it um, ties into like the taboo of it all. Mm-hmm. Like they were talking about how there are certain sex acts like. Anal, for example, has a tabooness to it, but it shouldn't, but maybe sleeping with your stepsister is still <laughs> taboo, because
0: that's really fucking weird. But anal with your stepsister, that's totally okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> is that allowed? Really cool. Our parents stop saying. <laughs> uh-huh. So
1: number four was MILF. Uh-huh. Um, and they were just saying, like, that's interesting, because like, the thought that, like, older women can still be sexy. So, like, they kind of dive into that. Hell yeah. And Cougars then, unite. <laughs> yeah, so five was
0: really weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cartoons. Oh, I know anime porn is a huge thing. Well, yeah. So what they were saying is that like you, I mean, I know from a friend, like not me. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to go with that just so you know. Other people told me. (laughs) I've
1: heard from a friend. Asking for a friend. So what they said in regards to the, so through all of this, like I said, Tina has this podcast and she also knows a lot of people in the sex industry and she's like, oh, I was interviewing this porn star and they said, here's a reason for this. And she's just very deep in that world. So she was really able to answer a lot of questions of like, why is cartoon a search, and why is it so high? Oh, yeah. And she was just saying how, like, a cartoon can do anything, and there's no union issues. Yeah,
0: I guess they can be as flexible as you want them to be. <laughs> exactly. no union issues. God, that's fucking funny. I know.
1: And so she said that a lot of people sometimes may feel weird about watching porno because of, um, like, the exploitation that is in that oh, industry. Sure. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If you think back to, like, what you were talking about with, like, the butterfly okay, effect, okay. and just knowing how that
0: whole world... No, you have to have... I'm 18... Here's my, you know, yeah. STD stats. You know, and I've seen, but there, I've seen a Netflix documentary though about kind of underground ways that people are really exploited, and it's almost like a sex, you know, trafficking. Exactly, situation.
1: exactly. So they're saying like with cartoons, people won't have that like guilt of watching porn because they don't know how it was created Mm -hmm. so they can feel better with cartoons and then one of the other girls was like do you think it has anything to do with like intellectual property like do you think somebody might want to see like Jessica Rabbit actually do it and so like that would be interesting to watch and the girl was like yes um also anime they did talk about Mm -hmm. um there was a handful of other ones like Ebony was a top search and they said that that's like oddly like offensive like to categorize black women in a certain way and that um so BBW not? Uh, no, it was not in the top ten. But um, they were just, just saying that. It. I know you heard. <laughs> um, but they were saying that a lot of these search words that can pull up what you're looking for have a way to reduce people to a category.
0: Yes, and that like well, it and does the butterfly effect. Uh-huh. Uh The creator of Pornhub, that's his own fault. That's exactly. His own so own like
1: making. in listening to this, I was having such a tie back to that conversation uh-huh. that we had yeah, about that whole world. So then. There were more, and I don't need to tell you all of what they are, because six or seven through ten made me blush. Um, And so they were just saying that, like, you know, don't forget that, like, what you are watching are people that know exactly what they're doing. And -hmm. that, like, in the real world, sex tends to be a lot more close. There's no somebody, like, angling for a camera (laughs) shot. There's no money shot. There's no money shot and all that kind of stuff. And um, people are being paid.
0: To do lot and just grosser in person.
1: Yeah. Um, But so what they went on to talk about, which is really um, what sparked me Mm -hmm. in this conversation, like I said, going back to the butterfly effect, we know that that guy created Pornhub and has truly affected the industry. Yes. Because people are finishing a shoot and he's already got it uploaded somehow Mm -hmm. and those stars aren't making money. So this woman went on to say, like, if you're watching Pornhub and you like the search engines you like and if you see a celebrity who you like in that world... Google them, find their Twitter, find their Instagram, find their website. A lot of these porn stars are starting to create their own websites. Yes. And you can do subscribing to their videos as well as say, like, hey, my name is Joe Schmo. I like this, this, and this. Can you make me a video like this? And for like X of money,
0: basically, <laughs> yes. you
1: can, like, curate
0: your porn. Yeah, remember I talked about that on, on Butterfly a little yeah. bit. And it's, a lot of porn stars are getting off and doing that uh-huh. because – uh, you know, the age restrictions yep. and the body type because of this categorization uh-huh. it's hard for a a pimp. Pimp. <laughs> well yeah,
1: it's <laughs> hard out there for a pimp. <laughs> Sorry.
0: But truly this is how these this is these people's business, this is how they make yeah. their livings and it's becoming more difficult based on that categorization uh-huh. system.
1: Which I'm, I'm talking,
0: talking like into- I'm a fucking expert right now because <laughs> I listen to one hands folded in a One goddamn podcast two months ago and now I think I know about it. Basically, I'm dist-
1: ready for your dissertation for your thesis. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought to myself, like, is this how do you take down? Pornhub, you never will. I mean, you can't take down something like that. But this is a way for people to feel better about how they decide to view their porn. You can get it really specific. You've got to do you. Like I said, these were like the top ten searches from 2016, and like I said, they got pretty grotesque towards the end. Like sure. I could handle it, but like wasn't gonna talk about it on the show. Where if you're you interested, in it's in the show notes. You can go here with the top ten searches were in 2016. It's 2018. I'm sure a thing or two has changed. There's probably some new categories. I know, right? But we have created new ways to have sex. I'm sure we have, but I laughed. Like, this whole thing was presented by Glamour magazine, and I was like, I read Glamour every now and then. I didn't read any of this stuff in any of those pages. (laughs) But yeah, work wives.
0: That was a fun convo. Thank you. (laughs) You're
1: welcome. And you can come back, we're not talking about anything dirty anymore, back to regularly scheduled
0: programming. I will say that I think this is the first podcast where we've both drained our drink of the week We class. have, absolutely. We don't normally do that. We're normally a few sips in, like, liars. <laughs> uh, but this was a great drink. This has been a great episode. Yeah, I had fun so much conversation. fun. And we'll be back next week for episode 21. Yeah. What are we going to drink when we're, like, on our 21st episode? Body shots, body, body shots. shots, let's do shot shot shot, shot, shot,
1: shot, 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 But you know what we should do before shots? What? Ask everybody to go over to iTunes and yes. rate us five stars for our 21st birthday next week. Leave a review. Let us know your thoughts. Shout us out on social media. And uh, join us next week. And let us know if you subscribe to us on Patreon so yeah, we, we can want to call hear call your name out as our favorite rewinders. That's right. So, for this week, you guys, do not forget, be kind, be kind and, and rewind. rewind. Bye. Bye-bye.